everyone, Dave and Jeff doing our second podcast of the week. Actually, just got done watching the Rays and Astros. I don't know how yep. much you're paying attention to what's I did going a lot. On. Verlander was shit. <laughs> Why did they bring him back early? They didn't have to. Uh, I think he wanted to. Oh, it's a bad I, idea. Yeah, I think it was a little bit uh, Goose Gossage telling Dick Williams, I can get him. <laughs> I can get these guys. We see that all the time, though. It doesn't work out when guys no. come back early. All of a sudden, they're in a routine. If it's you're pitching every five days, that they yeah. try and change, and it never seems to work out unless you're the Kurt Schilling. Yeah, ESPN rated Kurt Schilling's a great call. Uh, or uh, I like how you just skip over Frank Viola like it's no big deal in uh, 87, but that's fine. <laughs> well, it's only, that's like 32 it's your years ago. birthday coming up? Yeah, it's fine. I'll remember that in a couple of weeks. Um but they pointed it out a few times on ESPN that Verlander had only done it twice in his career, coming back on short rest, once because he had pitched a one-inning game and it got rained out. Yeah. And he came back three days later. And then after he did it another time, like as a brief one-inning relief thing. Yeah. And listened to the game. I, I had it on in the car. And they were saying that his velocity, at least early, was on. But when Tommy Pham takes him deep, that just that put a lot of wind in the sail of the Rays, and it felt like it took a lot of wind out of the sails of the Astros. I agree. Huge. I, I, I agree. The thing is, he just wasn't as sharp with location and, and yeah. as far as his bite that he normally is. I understand when you're a competitor, and maybe the Astros were looking ahead and going, well, you know what, Garrett Cole starts game one against the Yankees. Well, I think, Dave, too, if you paid attention to what A.J. Hinch had said the other day, what A.J. Hinch said going into Tampa was, man, we got to try to close this thing out because he just felt like his team needed a few days to try to regroup and, and get healthy and, and hopefully make it ahead to face the Yankees. And now it's like the worst-case scenario for him where they're going to have to go to a Game 5 uh, Yankees have an opportunity to sit back and get uh, Aaron's got an opportunity to get his bullpen healthy, his rotation. Some banged up guys have just come back. I mean, the Yankees are sitting nice. They sure are. You know, worst case scenario for the Astros is, and I mean, not worst case, second to worst case is, let's say they win. Mm -hmm. Grinky is your guy game one against the Yankees. The Yankees yeah. haven't seen Grinky a lot. Right. You know, I mean, with, with all the talk, they haven't seen him a lot, whereas the teams in the National League, of course, have seen him for a long time. He's, he's great. Yeah. But it, what's interesting is there was an article written on, I can't remember the site, but it was how many players from other teams have guys now in the playoffs? Uh -huh. Guys that were once on your team. And I thought, you know, as a Padre fan, you sit there and go, oh, shit, we're going to be the ones loaded. Yeah. They weren't. The two teams that Tigers. gave up the most guys. The Tigers are up there, but it's the Diamondbacks and the Pirates. Oh, interesting. And for for example, the guys pitching in this Astros Rays game in Game Five, yeah. Garrett Cole and Tyler Glasnow, both members of the Pirates a couple years ago. Isn't that funny? The Pirates yeah. completely have fucked this thing up. The Diamondbacks have fucked this thing up. But the Diamondbacks, at least you can see, they're moving forward. Especially with that Grinky trade, they got so yeah. many great young players coming in. Also, they're going to be all right. Whereas the Pirates, they just fire Clint Hurdle. They're they're completely going the wrong way. You're stuck with Chris Archer. It completely was a, a disaster. And you sit there and you go, well, certain organizations shit the bed all the time. Oh, and really? Like, do we know any? Dave, give me well, an example. What? Well, who comes to mind? Well, <laughs> beating, beating the Padres over and over again over oh, the head. this fucking team. We've seen it all the time. For example, right now, what is it? You came in fired up two seconds I'm, ago. I swear to God, I'm so fucking sick of this team. And, and I'll tell you the other one. If they do 
What it looks like they're going to do, I'm fucking ready to run Ron Fowler right out of town. I can't wait for the uniforms to come out. That's what I've been waiting for because I know you're going to lose your mind. It's not going to be up to your standards. What Ron Fowler said to everybody a couple of weeks ago uh, uh, was that he needed somebody in here that was going to change the culture. Yes. Basically was the message. And we were looking for experience, and you started hearing all these names, whether it was Joe Madden, Bruce Bochy, Mike Sosha, Joe Girardi. More and more, all of a sudden, about two weeks ago, out of the blue came a very random name. Dennis Lynn wrote it in The Athletic. And when this name popped up, all of a sudden, any of us that have watched this movie for Ron Fowler's era or this entire team's era, when the name Jace Tingley was mentioned, you go, what the fuck? And all of a sudden you go, Dennis Lynn is not just going to throw out Jace Tingley unless there's legs to it. And now tonight, Kevin A.C. writes that Buck Showalter is out, will not even be considered, not even being interviewed for the job. I'm fine with that, but why? Why is he out? I thought Machado wants him. Yep, just he didn't he didn't cut it. Okay. And that we're down to really we're down to maybe two guys and that AJ wants to move incredibly quick and again nothing's done yet. But the two guys that it feels like it's down to is a two horse race could be Ron Washington okay. or Jace Tingley. Tingley or Tingler? I think it's Tingley. I can't find a Jace Tingley anyway. J A Y C E. Yeah, I got that. And I got Tingler. Oh, well, that could be it. From the Rangers? Yes. Are you out of your fucking mind? 38 years old. This fucking organization is so goddamn stupid. I thought they said they were bringing in somebody with experience. Well, they're letting AJ run it again. How the fuck? The day AJ comes into my office and goes, I think, what is it? Tingler? Tingler. My apologies. The day AJ comes in and says, hey, guess what? I think our guy is Jace Tingler. That's when you say, hey, guess what to you? Today's your last day with the team. Because they're... Jace Tingler may be the next Aaron Boone, but what if he's not? Then AJ's out. So you've got dead money with Preller. You've got dead money with Green. You hire a new GM who's got a lame duck manager and we're right back where we've fucking been for 10 years. Yes. Goddamn, Ron Fowler cannot fucking get out of his own way. He might be, you said it the other day, Dave, Ron Fowler has to prove to us that he is not the worst owner in Padres history. If he hires Jace Tingler and it goes like a lot of people would expect it to go, when you have personalities like Machado and Hosmer in that clubhouse, Ron Fowler will go down... I believe, as the worst owner in Padres history. They cannot fucking stop fucking up. It's unbelievable to me how consistent they are at doing the wrong thing. They won't talk to... Look, if they go out, they get Sosha, they go out and get somebody, go, okay, a couple years ago when they hired Andrew, fucked up. (laughs) Well, this guy is Andy Green. I'm looking at who he is right now. This guy drafted 10th round, never played in the big leagues, rule five guy, no, nothing How ever happened. How are you letting AJ make this decision? He never made a mark in the big leagues, just like Andy Green never made a mark in the big leagues. And you know what? Andy Green was from Buttfuck, Kentucky. This guy's from Buttfuck, Missouri. Well, it's crazy that two states have that as a city. 
<laughs> what do you mean? Every every state has a Greensboro. Yeah, they have a butt fuck Kentucky and a butt fuck. I Missouri. just I couldn't believe this that. This guy's tonight. from Smithville, Missouri, Missouri, just to get it right. But yeah, the guy's a nothing guy. I mean, nothing. And again, his ties are to the Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. That's the second time that his names come up. And I'm sorry. Just do the math for how this team works. This team cuts corners and they talk big and they puff out their little chest and then they fuck it up every time. God, they're so goddamn embarrassing. And the other thing is, too, nobody owes Ron Fowler shit. Ron Fowler owes us something. We're the fans of this team. We don't owe him shit. We can say you suck. You've run our team into the ground. You're a fucking big mouth. You've failed across the board, Ron, in everything you did. When you did your first uniform change, you failed. The GM you hired failed. The managers you've hired have failed. Every decision you have made, Eric Hosmer failed. The extension for Will Myers failed. To this point, you have one guy, Fernando Tatis, which you paid $30 million to get. You're a failure. I don't know you shit. That's a baseball team I cheer for since I was 13 years old, and you fucking have ruined it. You've ruined what Padre baseball is, and shut the fuck up about Petco Park. Who gives a shit? You didn't build it. He didn't build it. Larry Lucchino built it. I brought in that new scoreboard. Well, good for you. Change all the spark plugs in the speakers. Yeah, God damn it, Jeff. You give me credit for that. That scoreboard gives you bad news most of the time. You have a losing record at home. <laughs> Here's here's the the funny thing. You're right. He you don't owe him shit because I you've don't already, owe him shit. You've already given him your time and your money. Right. He owes you. You're he, the customer. He owes all of us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, and radio shows kissing his ass. Stop kissing his ass. He's a goddamn politician. We nobody voted. Shit. Faulkner's a joke too. We all take responsibility because we voted that asshole in. Ron just went in because Mark Cuban. And the others said, we don't want it. And Mark, uh, Ron and Peter got it. Yep. But we don't owe Ron Fowler shit in this town as a Padre fan. Bullshit. And this idea that we have to kiss his ass and we got to do all, we got to listen to what he says. Why? If Ron Fowler, if you and I did our job as poorly as Ron Fowler did that, guess what? Every one of you, you'd be fucking That's fired. That's what I've been saying for you the last five be years. Fired. Any CEO that has a losing company for five straight years to that extent, they're gone. Yeah. They're 100% gone. So when Ron Fowler went after everybody the other day, uh, uh, did he go after Preller? Because I don't remember him calling Preller's name. I just remember him saying, everybody has to do better. And heads are going to roll, maybe even mine. Well, where's your head fucking rolling? Where's your head going to roll to? Are you going to fire yourself? Sell the team. But so, that's not going to help. Why? Then then what's going to happen? Yeah. I like the guy who said the other day, uh, Ron was the guy who ran Josh Burns out of town. Josh Burns is the guy who traded Cashner straight up for fucking Rizzo. Who gives a shit? That might be the one movie made right. Josh Burns. And I got some other dick tonight still bitching that number six is retired. Enough. I'm like, get your fucking head in the game, kid. Who's lined up to wear it? Why are you fuckers worried about number six being retired? I swear to God. Tim Flannery's not coming back. Keith Moreland's not Who coming back. Who wants to? Why are you worried yeah. about that? You don't have anybody on the team that's saying, I'm not doing well because of number six. You right. want to point fingers, we'll go back to Randy Jones. Fucking, what? if you give up 35, maybe Hosmer could start fielding like a gold glover like he fucking used to. <laughs> Randy Jones, itself a son of a bitch. Oh, don't you take that back. Okay, I take it back. Sorry, Randy. Got emotional. 
You know, you know, Bellinger wears thirty-five because of Hosmer. Same player. <laughs> but look, Dave, you got to find a way to get Hosmer back on track. You have to find a way to get Machado back on track. You have to find a way to keep Tatis Jr. on track. And this idea that Preller would sign, uh, sell you, Ron Fowler, on Jace Tingler, why is his name being mentioned over and over again? Joe Madden, we knew was we knew Joe Madden was would be tough, right? Because of the emotional connection to the Angels on both sides, from the team standpoint and from the manager's standpoint, yes. that was a perfect fit. Which, like we've often said, Dave and I started putting those pieces together months ago, but apparently, because we don't have a radio show that three hundred people listen to, it doesn't get any credibility. <laughs> uh, but that's fine. But but good for Joe. That's where he belongs. Has a house great, already there? Great. Well, Long Beach. I mean, look time to get excited. It's, not like well, it's co closer than the Chula Vista. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but look, I, I think a lot of us had hopes for Joe Madden. I think a lot of us uh, had really, really unrealistic hopes for Boach. That didn't make any sense. And Boach is not being talked about anywhere. No. So like we speculated the other day. Rumors, it, it must be pretty thing. And you know what, Dave? Maybe Jace Tingler comes here, like I said, and he is the greatest manager. But God damn, that, what if he's not? You know, I thought Ron promised us a guy with experience. Well, he did. Yeah. That's well, what he said. There's no experience when we have to sit there and Google who Jace Tingler is. Again, he's not hired yet. No, but I'm saying, he, where's the guy? I mean, where's the big name guy that you said a guy with experience? A guy that does a combination of, and this is what I want as a fan, Yeah, a combination of the sabermetrics plus uh, good intuition of what you think you're supposed to do. Shit, man. And then, and then you want to sell us on Ron Washington? Look, Ron Washington is a hell of a coach when he's available but we don't know when ron's gonna slip and i hate to say that when people battle demons I, I, but yeah. that's what happened to ron before but again it's because the connections to the rangers I, I just yeah i'm not gonna do that dave because i just listen man i have but a, that's why he had to leave i have a huge appreciation for anybody who fights the fight every day whatever fight ron's fighting and i wish him well in it, it it's just that to me is a very tough sell in this town ron washington braves Everybody on the Braves, when you look at it, the idea that he was mentioned here, the city of Atlanta has fallen in love with Ron, who's gotten a fresh start down there and made the most of it. Everybody and, has loved Ron everywhere he's been. Right. Eric Chavez but, gave his gold gloves to Ron Washington. Right. The A's, uh, the Rangers, the Braves. And you know what? If he comes here and you go, you know what? He's ready for another chance and we're going to give it to him. Then you go, fuck, okay. I, I Listen. I can absolutely buy into Ron Washington before I'm going to buy into Jay Stingler. Yeah. But I also just feel like there were guys out there that made sense that I, I've like, what happened to Sosha? Like what happened I to Joe Girardi? I, I don't think Sosha. I think both Sosha and Joe Girardi fall in the category of they're the old school managers that want to do it Joe their Gir way. So they, what if they Joe don't. Girardi takes the Mets job? And well, uh, that's the. I think Joe Girardi is a great manager. I pushed his name a long time ago, years ago. I was saying Joe Girardi. We saw Joe Girardi when he was with the Marlins, when he won Manager of the Year, and then got fired. Remember that? Right. And yeah. then the Yankees hired him after Joe Torre. Joe Girardi right. and, and Don Mattingly, by the way, was sitting there thinking he was getting the job, right. and they passed on Mattingly for Joe Girardi. 
the guy's a, a great coach as far as understanding the game. You listen to him talk. He's, he's a step ahead of everybody else. He's not going to take any shit. No. It, look, fuck, look at his forearms. Joe yeah. Girardi fucking wring your goddamn neck, dude. He's like one of those managers in shape. It, it's it's such a baseball has changed so much for in the last even seven years. I don't even want to go back to what the A's were doing because the A's were unique. The Red Sox with Bill James were unique. Now everybody does it the same way. Yeah, AJ Hinch does it the same way. The Red Sox do it, but the, there there has to be a, a balance, especially when you see these playoff games and you understand that all of a sudden, hey, you got to lay a bunt down. You got to right. play small ball at times. You can't rely on the big home run, and if it's not there, fuck it, we'll try and get it tomorrow. Right. There is no tomorrow, Rock. None. The guy that everybody says is the top manager in baseball right now, when you listen to people talk across the big leagues, uh-huh. is Brian Snicker from the from the Braves. Everyone okay, always yeah. says that guy understands where you need to be, his, his connection to his team, his connection to sabermetrics, his connection to the feel for the game. Even Dave Roberts says it. He said during the All-Star break, mm. I'm looking forward to picking that guy's brain because he's a step ahead of everybody in baseball. Mm. And so when you said Ron Washington, you go, well, the guy was already a World Series manager with the Rangers back in 2011. Yeah. And they end up losing because he fucking left Nelson Cruz in right field and made a huge oh, fucking shit. mistake. Right. But but you look at where where he's coming. I would take Ron Washington over Jace Tingler, who I've never heard of until 10 minutes ago. Right. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I could be sold on Ron Washington. I could. The more I think about it, I could be sold on that. There's a part, but I, I I'm one guy in the fan base. There are others that are going to look at Ron's history, and that may be a tough sell. Two days ago, we said, is it important to get a manager that sells season tickets? Mm-hmm. I think it is, too. Absolutely. Now, I think Joe Girardi could do that. I do, too. Uh, again, I don't know who Jace Tingler is, but it's such a typical... He doesn't have a suitcase full of wins, as Tommy Lasorda right. says. Right. That would be such a... Typical Padres move. The word that stood out from Fowler, the disappointment that he is, and I'm going to emphasize that because this town kisses that guy's ass, whether it's in print or on TV or whatever. Uh, Let me be perfectly clear. We will not kiss his ass on this show. No, you nailed it the other day. You said Emperor's New Clothes. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. This bullshit uh, that, oh, he should just be because he owns the team. Well, so what? Dan Snyder owns the Redskins. Jimmy Haslam owns the Browns. Ron's very close to in that level. Very, very close to being that level of a Major League Baseball yep. owner. Big mouth. No, nothing to show for it. Talks tough. Hey, I'm sick of shields. <laughs> well, good for you. So are we. Yeah. You're the one that's paying him. Yeah. Stupid. I don't know that guy's shit. I really don't. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about this today. And I'm like, why is everybody in this town kiss that guy's ass? Yeah. Well, here's the deal. It's been a one-sided relationship, Ron, for seven years. Ran the Hall of Champions yeah. into the ground. Let's say that. Bob Breitbart's dream was the Hall of Champions. The Hall of Champions was great. Ron was the guy running the Hall of Champions. What is it now? It's a goddamn comic book store. <laughs> but, oh, oh, shit. Let's ignore that. ignore that <laughs> it's funny because it's true that's it's what's 100% true but nobody can say shit he yep. nobody will say shit about that guy but you know what'll happen ron will at some point sell the team i'm not gonna do what you do i, I heard this the other day listening back 
God damn, you love going to that card about Ron being dead. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, he wants dead. to win before he's dead. Everybody wants to win before they're dead. Well, I got it, but stop. I'm not. Listen, he's probably an amazing guy yeah, away from. Oh, he's my, almost 80, and he's not a picture of health. My frustration with You Ron, said he has a nightcap on. He why, does. why did he excuse that? That was nice at all. Did we, <laughs> it gets cold. You, my said first, he, you said his hands are so small he needs two hands to hold his cup. That's true. Like a little squirrel <laughs> eating a peanut. Oh, this cocoa's good. I'm the bad guy. My frustration with him falls in one area, and that's his owner of the Padres. Anything he has done for San Diego State or USD or anything else in this town uh, from a charity standpoint does not come into the equation. It's all amazing shit. He may be an amazing guy. I tell you what, when I worked for the soccers, he treated everybody down there great. Fantastic. Who gives a shit? He has destroyed this baseball team. Whether you want to admit it or not, they have run this baseball team into the ground. And you can tell me all day long, well, wait a minute. What about Mackenzie Gord? Let me see him win yeah, 20 he, games. He's he, a 1-1. One, one. He's a 1-1. One, one. Yeah, yeah because right. you told me about Luis Urias, and you told me about Manny Margot, and you told me about Austin Hedges, and guess what? That's all for fucking three. Yeah. So if we like our chances better with Gore, great. But guess what? You're still a fucking 70-win team. And Ron's the guy signing the checks. And Ron's the guy too fucking blind to say the guy who fucked it up is A.J. Preller and he needs to be out. It's about time. The goddamn Red Sox won the World yeah. Series a year ago. Carlos is why he's not even in baseball. Jesus. <laughs> let, let us remind you again. The Boston Red Sox won the World Series a year ago. Yeah. John Henry and Tom Warner, who debatable their level of ownership. I'm not a Red Sox fan, but I understand there are people that love them and there are plenty of people that hate them. But they won the series last year. They were so frustrated with Dave Dombrowski that in midseason, before the playoffs even started, they're like, you get the fuck out of exactly. here. But we're like, okay, AJ, you tell us who you want. You're the guy who's fucked everything up. You're the guy who signed Myers to the extension. You're the guy who brought Machado in. Again, a move I like, but last year, a lot of people around the game are like, ooh, I don't know. He didn't live up to year one of the contract. Can we all admit that? He did not live up to year one. Correct. There are nine years left on it. He does have an opt-out, but he didn't live up to year one of the contract. And so, yeah. Would Let me ask you this. Would... A.J. Preller still be, tonight, the general manager of the Giants with his track record? Not one team in baseball. You can, go through, you can play the game with all 30. Not one. Maybe the you Rays. You can't keep losing. You can't lose, have 90 lost seasons four or five years in a row. How about the dead money on the books for this yeah. team? That's just, every check you write, you're like, failure. In the memo line, you go, oh, failure number one. Yeah. Andy Green's going to be failure number two. The Will Myers $10 million is going to be failure number three. When you fire Preller at the All-Star break because you're 22 games out, failure number four. And then your manager, whoever it is, is going to look around and go, well, God dang it. I'm glad I'm renting. What is that that goddamn apartment complex above the above Qualcomm that Jim Rome used to do ads for? Place up there on the hill. Yeah, I know. I can't remember. You know the place I know I'm exactly talking, what you're about, talking right? about, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Jim Rome used to do Remember that. he did yeah, spots did. for that place? I do. I yeah. love living here. Yes. Epic. Uh, the Charger girls used to practice in there. No wonder you love living in there. Ah, yeah. right. Okay, I just uh, almost said terrible things that I would have regretted <laughs> on the drive home. It's just, it's incredibly frustrating, and it's the arrogance that they have as an organization. That's the other frustrating thing to me. They are quickly starting to fall into what I used to say about the Chargers organization, and they're not nearly as bad as the Spanos boys were, but it's quickly closing in on they don't know if they want to be more arrogant or more ignorant. And to me, that's a terrible duo. And if you're arrogant and ignorant as an owner, guess what? You finish 20 games out consistently, and you let the guy who drove you into the iceberg get the keys to the car again. I think that's fair what you just said. I think that's 100% right on the money right there. You just don't want to say it because it's your favorite team. I have no problem they're, saying they're, it. They're, they're, I'm telling you right now, that's exactly what's going on. They're a joke. The, the, right now, they are. They're an absolute joke. They're, I hate to tell everyone this. They're a joke across baseball. When you talk to people in baseball, the Padres are one of those teams that are just forgotten. And and you know how you eliminate that? By saying, oh, man, listen, we don't know who Jace Tingler is. And at some point, it sounds like he's going to get an opportunity to manage in the big leagues. And, and goddamn. Just not here. Yeah. This isn't the time. Not, not, in, not in this situation. Down the road, if he's the manager of the Marlins or he's the manager of any team in baseball, God damn, you wish him nothing but the best. And maybe he turns out to be an absolute superstar. But I, I, he's going to be Bill Belichick coaching the Browns here, not Bill Belichick coaching the Patriots. And, yes. And, and assuming he's even... I mean, you know what I'm saying. I understand exactly what you're saying. Here's the deal. You can't go from a no-name manager you to another no-name manager. You don't have that much rope. Yes, you're absolutely right. It would be different. Let's say the Giants go ahead and they hire Jace Tingler. Well, they went from a Hall of Fame right. manager to a Sabermetrics guy. You can't go from, from Andy Green to Andy Green. You right. can't go back-to-back when it hasn't worked out this way. Here's all yeah, I know. It's almost to the point where, it's, AJ, you fucking manage the team. That's what you want to do. You, you're hiring guys that are extension of you. Look, the Twins interviewed Tingler last year and determined he wasn't the guy. Rocco Baldelli was the guy. And it worked out great. Right. I think I saw the Cardinals interviewed Tingler, and he wasn't the guy. Now, is that fair? No. But, again, I think, Dave, the point that you just made, this is not the situation where you go, hey, we're going to gamble on another first-time guy. You don't no. have it. You don't have that <laughs> luxury. You have to go out and get somebody, and whether it's Joe Girardi or any of shit, if you want to put Ron Washington into that group, fine. And if you want to sell me on the fact that he's a World Series manager, and fine, I got it. But I don't know. It's not going to buy me. Ron's not going to make me buy season tickets. I'll give you the guy that I want. We mentioned his name the other day, and we mentioned it for the Cubs job. I would love for the Padres to interview David Ross. I would love really? it. The guy, I don't I would, know that I can gamble I, on him and, either. And I'll, the reason I'll, I'll say that is, number one, David Ross is supposed to be great with players, okay? Two, he's a catcher like Boach was, which means his knowledge of the game is different than everybody else. He has to be the smartest guy on the field. I think David Ross, when you listen to him talk, just like when you hear Girardi, you go, that guy sees a game that's, that's five steps ahead of most people. And if you're going to give a first-time job to somebody, give it to a guy that won a World Series a few years ago. I don't know that I uh, – David, I mean, I don't – 
I think yeah. David Ross will be extremely successful if, if he gets a shot. I do. I'd rather see David Ross over Mark Loretta. Yeah? I would. Uh, I, I is there just, anybody in that Padre organization that you want to see up? Well, the other problem is, too, that whoever they – if they hire a guy like Tingler – then they're fine, and, and that entire coaching staff probably stays intact, except poor fucking Johnny Washington. They fire another hitting coach, and you have your 19th hitting coach at Petco Park. But uh, That's it, crazy as shit that you hire hitting coaches yeah, every single year. But, I mean, who is going to hold this team's feet to the fire if they underachieve in this hire? Right? Nobody will. Nobody will. Nobody will. They just don't. Yeah, why is this guy here, right? And yeah. Ronald, well, you know. Is there anybody on the staff that you would hire? Would you hire Hoffman? Would you hire uh, Schumacher? Would you hire any of those guys? Nope. Then you know what? Maybe it's time to sit there and clean the coach and staff. The whole culture needs to change. You are losing at a huge rate. You need to change the entire thing. This is not a Band-Aid fix. You're not the Twins who got swept in three games by the Yankees, and the Twins are looking at making dramatic changes on their roster, on their coaching staff. They are looking at that and looking at the big picture saying, we cannot fucking win in the playoffs. That's the Twins' yeah. problem. Hang, Dave, the Twins' problem is, look, great. We won 100 games. We hit a shitload of home runs. And we went and got our teeth kicked in again by the Yankees, and we've lost 12 straight playoff games. Which is insane. That does Not by the same players, though. Right. It just happens to be 12 games Different in a row. front office, different managers, different whole thing. But they have lost 12 straight playoff games. The Padres haven't been in a playoff game in 13 years. Well, you just said something a second ago. I don't want to skip over either. The Twins won 100 games this year. Mm -hmm. The Padres have never won 100 games in 51 seasons. Right. The most they've ever won is 98. Right. And so far, the sweeping change that they made is Andy Green. The Twins play a different game than the Padres do. Justin Verlander tonight, who is amazing, says... Who should be a Padre. I hate to say it. He's right there in front of your fucking face in 2004. Says uh, they were always going uh, Weaver. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you heard the same story. Yeah, Don't that's true. We, and we got Weaver. And he yeah. was horse shit. 19 years later. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what but, I'm saying. You had the first pick. You right. fucked it up. Hall of Famer, you fucked it up. By the way, the Twins, when they were looking to change the culture, and it worked, interviewed Jace Tingler and said, nope. Rocco Baldelli, yep. They won 100 games. They went to the playoffs, and they are looking to make changes to the roster and everything else yeah. because – with a very good farm system. Very good. And they're looking going, who gives a shit? We cannot. We got to win playoff games. Even if we get beat three to two, then we got to figure out why we didn't win three to two. But they're looking at it. And the only thing we're going to do in this town, we're going to change the uniforms. And uh, and you're going to bring in uh, some fucking ham and egger to be the manager. <laughs> I, I don't want to go brown. Shut up. I just can't wait for the brown ones to come out because in everybody's mind, they have an idea of what they want them to look like and it's not going to match everybody's opinion. Right. All I care about is yours. I just want to hear you lose your shit. That's something you aren't going to like. 
I just keep at, listen, I, Dave, I am cheering for them to get that right. They there won't. Are, they didn't ask your opinion. They won't. They should have. They should have. They absolutely should have. That's a problem with Ron. You know what I think Ron's problem is down there? I seriously believe it. I think in Ron's life, he has nobody that tells him he's full of shit. There you go. And I'm sorry. In life, when you think about people, anybody listening to this right now, you think about going back to high school. Think about coaches you had or teachers you had. The people that at a certain point in your life start saying, you know what, you're full of shit. And you're not doing it that way anymore. And here's why you're not doing it that way anymore. Because it's not working. Right. Get your shit together. And nobody says that to Ron. No. Oh, you did it again. God, you son of a gun. You son of a bitch. Let's go to bullies, Ron. You know, guys, I'm thinking we hire George Costanza. I love that hire. <laughs> love it. Let's go to Dobson's and get scotch. Nobody says, Ron, what the fuck are we doing? You've been incredibly successful in your life, and you've fallen flat on your face as a baseball owner. Who's told him that? They won't. Everybody blows them. You know what I mean. Come calm on. Down. Calm down. You know what I'm saying. Well, there are kids that might listen to Nobody's this Nobody's listening to this shit. You know who's listening? I just saw right here just joined. Who? John Pratt. Oh, that's my guy. <laughs> John Pratt knows him, right? Oh, I know. Know what John would be thinking just what we're thinking here. Stop talking to guys that you pay. Right. Stop talking to guys that you have right. a relationship with because they're going to tell you what you want to hear. You're I'm shit. telling you right now. He should be calling you. And bring it I in. I tell him it's complete shit and say, what you've done. I've been a fan longer than you've been a fan, Ron. Right. And this is what I see. Right. And you can argue with me all you want, but you keep losing 90 games every year. 100%. And if you do something that I think's completely stupid and it works out, guess what? I'll be the first one to tell you congratulations. Because yeah. believe me, there have been plenty of those moves, although not with him. Uh, listen, when he traded Paul Wright... I uh, traded Zoran Carriage for Paul Wright. That was a great move. Got me a championship ring. Nice. I loved it. And and that's when the dream ended. <laughs> he hasn't done shit in 30 years. Is what's, he, what's he done for this Padre team where you Nothing. go, God damn, great move? Nothing. Is That equals wins? Nothing. I'll give you one. Orsillo. That's, okay, that doesn't equal wins. Well, well you put Orsillo at the fucking scoreboard. Yeah, he can't hit. You ever seen those clips of him saying. in the cage? Can't shit, do sorry, shit. Don. He's nothing. I watched him in fever pitch last night. Don's in that? Don's in it. Don's in it. Charles Steinberg's in it. Charles Steinberg's the one that gives, uh, what's your face, the promotion at work. Mike D's in it, sitting right behind Jimmy Fallon. All right. Uh, listen, enough about Fowler. I got to tell you the greatest movie I watched today. Okay. Do you have Showtime? I do. I have HBO and Showtime. I don't have Cinemax. I had jury duty today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just put water all over myself. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what, today was a sad day for Lady Liberty, because I was not chosen. Oh, you weren't? No. What happened? What did they ask you? They just uh, sat there. And, Dude, I've uh, never been. Yeah. no. I, I just uh, throw it right in the trash. Um, well, this one was different, because this is federal, and, and if I didn't show up, they said, you're subject to a $1,000 fine and three days in jail. Yeah, but here's the deal. Remember we did a show on how do you get out of jury duty? Yeah. And someone is, called and said, look, they don't send it registered mail. Just chuck it in the trash. Ever yeah. since that day, I'd chuck them in the trash. They fucked me because <laughs> they tricked me into taking a survey. 
I think I just got done helping out the homeless shelter and I'd helped out. I'd ran the karaoke at the senior citizen home and it was great. Yes. Helped a bunch of uh, make a wish kids on Halloween night. And then they um, sent me a survey. I thought it was celebrating me. And instead they fucking tricked me to advantage of my weakness. And I was locked in, but I went down. So here's my day. Okay. So I get downtown and they said, park at Horton Plaza. And you can walk over. So I get down there early. This is for anybody old school San Diego. And I I mean old school, really old school. How many of us remember when Horton Plaza was one of the crown jewels of this town? I do. When Planet Hollywood opened up down there, that movie theater, that wall was Great. It was great. It was one of the first things I saw when I came to San Diego. I thought it was awesome. The colors down there, right? The, the energy parking down sucked because you couldn't find where you, how you walked right. into the mall and had to walk out of the mall. But Dave, you remember? Of course. With NBC Seven yep. was there. Yeah. The ice rink was there. Yep. And I remember doing night shows. We would do night shows down there. They'd have skating events. But Horton Plaza, the whole thing. I got drunk once down there. Couldn't find my car. Just walked back into the mall and slept on a bench until the sun came up. Yeah, you, I, this doesn't was shock me at two all. Two nights ago. Two nights ago. <laughs> Horton Plaza is completely boarded up. That's the saddest thing ever. Ever and, since Alan Horton left. Yeah. <laughs> he took his place. But you walk in there. Yes. And I parked there. And I parked up top. And you walk in, Dave, and it's crazy. Because there is music playing through the mall, and it's a ghost town. Wow. But all the, like the the restaurant stuff, you can still see like the shadows of this used to be this place, and oh man, that's where Nordstrom's was, and this is where that was. And you just walk through, and it is a complete. That's amazing. The movie theater still says box office, everything's still there. It looks like they closed down this morning. And I just. Wow. For any of us that grew up here and remember the day, like I said, Planet Hollywood when Bruce Willis and everybody else was down there. And just that was a really cool place to go. And it was part of the the changing of downtown. Yep. Uh, So I cut. What year was it built? Just curious. Man, Dave, I got here in 81. I think it opened. I think it finally opened in 82, but okay. from from friends and working with Hedgecock and talking to him about it, uh, Pete and Point Lomer or Larry, your guys that have been here a lot longer than I have, the Me- Craig Meaty, those guys, I would defer to all of them, but I believe it probably, they started building it in like 78. Wow. Like I, I think what, and you know who built it was uh, Ernie Hahn Sr. Is that right? Had the vision to do that down there. But, uh, man, you just walk through there. It's a drag. And they're changing it. It's going to be offices or whatever. Um, Opened in uh, August 9th, 1985. 85? Yep. Damn, did it say when construction started? Ah, shit. Um, Number four is five. Park in 2,189. Let me see. Um, 1972 is when it's proposed. So, dude, look at that. From the time they proposed it to finish it, $140 $140 million to build. Wow. And it was great. Yep. So much fun. So, yeah, you walk through there, and then I get down to the courthouse. I get checked in, and uh, 
was hung up. And then they were like, you're good to go. You didn't even get like chosen to ask questions to? No. But unlike Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, who goes by the name Paul Mahan on his driver's license, and had the audacity, he lives in this country. Yes. Where true patriots, bat, like Brian Curry, battled for our freedom. And fucking Lee, who has nothing to do, was probably going to go to a Dale Lindsay press conference for USD football. This little shit <laughs> has the audacity to go on Twitter and play the, hey, don't they know who I am card? No. Who are you? you who are you? Are you Paul or are you Lee today? Yeah. I said, you know what? God damn it. I'm coming down here and I'm ready to do it. I'm in. And then. Uh, How long were you sitting there before they said you could go home? That period of time. Okay. And so then, what were you doing to pass the time? You bring a book? I just uh, what I did was I brought my tablet. Then I just went through every Lisa Ann scene and just. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, I had a book. I had a book. So I just hung out on social media and uh, I wrote on Facebook and I said, hey, this is great. Let's everybody vote guilty and let's head to Dobson's. <laughs> Here's a joke for my ex-wife who's a public defender and she's like, oh, really? <laughs> um, but then I got out and just... Uh, Hung out with my kids, and we hung out today, this afternoon, the whole thing, and it was great. But I had something I was going to tell you about, and then I can't remember what the fuck I was going to tell you. You said it was a bad day for Lady Liberty because you weren't chosen? Is that yes. what you're saying? Okay, I got it. Dave, I, and listen, I would have been voted foreman. I have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> I would have been voted foreman. I would have taken that duty on with no trouble at all. And as I pointed out, uh, at the end, um, the only media availability would have been with my friend Joe Little. And yeah. Joe said, God damn, I'm at Penn State, but I'm going to fly home for that exclusive. <laughs> well, it wasn't meant to be, but I went down. Anybody, if you are lucky, listen, man, I feel like if you get a letter for jury duty, consider yourself lucky. Remind yourself. It's I don't one, think anybody ever gets one and goes, fuck yeah. I think they all go, go, oh shit. It's one day and you go down and you do your one day. And you go down and you go, shit, what if something happened to me and I was falsely accused? And you have uh, Ron Fowler sitting there staring at you? Yeah. <laughs> Shaking his little <laughs> fist at me. A little big mouth. Big mouth. Um, I think I'd want people, any of you that subscribe through Patreon, I would feel better about my chances if I looked over and saw your 12 faces. And, uh, yeah, so this was just, this was federal, though. This was federal. So, I, I listen, the guys should have got, they should have put me on Duncan Hunter's case. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Head. That would have been awesome. Because I would have looked at him all day and just been like, nope. <laughs> Throat slash. You're done. You're gone. With the thumb? The yeah, thing. hold up my, my two wrists, like my wrists are glued together, like I'm in handcuffs. <laughs> What a fucking snake oil salesman that guy is. Oh, my gosh. But I'm not. So he'll he'll get lucky because he'll have some other shithead uh, on there. Probably somebody from Point Loma. <laughs> you know what the Padres should do as a giveaway next year? 
What's that? Do you know that? You know those puppets like the Fighting Nun and shit. Yes. They should have the Ron Fowler fight and run. Ron and Punch and Pat Murphy. Yeah, Punch and Pat Murphy and fight and run with the little hands, just fucking, just <laughs> rifling it. <laughs> but it's just. Um, oh, I was gonna tell you. Oh, I know. So I get done with that. Yeah. And I go uh, after jury duty. This is what I was getting at the movie I saw. So I go over to pick up my kids, and it's this afternoon. We're hanging out a little bit, and on Showtime, they were running the movie Earthquake. Okay. With, with, Char- the, with the Charlton Heston. Oh, no, the old Earthquake. one. Charlton Heston, George Kennedy, Lauren Green, goddamn Victoria Principal and her huge rack. Never disappoint. Yeah. And then, but this is what happens. Charlton Heston. Every time you look at Charlton Heston now, don't you just go yeah. crazy fuck? Yeah. But in the movies, <laughs> he's fucking like a 22-year-old chick. I got it. And he's like he, 50. Yeah, but he's like a crazy fuck in, in, in uh, the ape movie. Yeah. Richard Roundtree's yeah. a motorcycle stuntman. Yeah. And his sidekick, like I said, is a young Victoria Principal who uh, Richard Roundtree hits George Kennedy up for 10 George bucks. George Kennedy. George yeah. Kennedy is a cop. Yeah. And he goes, George Kennedy says, no, I'm not giving you the money. He goes, look, I'll pay Richard Roundtree. I'll pay you back tomorrow. And he says to Victoria Principal, who's like 22 years old, show him your T-shirt. And he's a motorcycle stuntman. So she unzips her jacket. Here's her huge rack. And George Kennedy's just staring at her boobs, handing out $1 bills to Richard Roundtree. Three, four, five. So then this is the scene in the movie. Yeah. The scene in the movie is there's fear of an earthquake coming and there's a guy working at the local market and the radio breaks in. Uh, attention, the governor has asked that anybody from the Army Reserves, troop number 129, 135, 171, 211, please report to duty. So this guy working at the grocery store just takes his apron off and walks out. He's got to report to duty. He's in the Army Reserves. Okay. <clears throat> he gets to his apartment building and he walks in and there's like three guys who are like the original Cobra Kai sitting on the step. Okay. But they have like jeans and like the jean jacket. So it looks like the jean leisure suit. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Look who it is. What's up, soldier boy? Huh? What's up with you, asshole? So they just start in on this guy who's going to try to save L.A. from an earthquake. Yeah. He goes up to his apartment and he starts changing clothes. They follow him into his apartment. And Dave, what do you know? But on the wall, he has pictures of like a bunch of bodybuilders like in Speedos. Okay. I'm just going to report, re- repeat to you what the line of dialogue is. Whoa, did you know he's a fag? I didn't know you're a fag. Hey, why don't oh you come? And you're like, God, what? That's the way it was back in the day. Well, so you fast forward. There's an earthquake. These three guys get brought in. And the guy, the neighbor, yeah. is there for the National Guard. So they accuse these three guys. They think they're loitering. Now they feel like they're going to be okay because the neighbor, hey, Johnny, hey, you can vouch for us, right? He takes out an AK-47 just kills him in the street. <laughs> but uh, 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 you should have said that shit. 
just, I'm like, what in did the he, fuck? Did he say you should have yeah. We left your ass off. Well, listen, I don't like that kind. I don't appreciate what those three guys said to him. Everybody is allowed to make decisions. Whoever makes you happy, you don't need to be called names. And if he found joy and comfort in pictures of Franco Colombo and Lee Haney, then he should be able to live that life. I, but by the same regard, I don't think there was any reason to murder three guys that had just survived an earthquake. And he shoots them dead in the street, and then everybody just walks away. Like no and big the, deal. And the guy, that, yeah, and Victoria Principal is mad. It's the worst movie. Yeah, it was. Lauren Green and all these, yeah. like. All those movies are shit. Towering Inferno, all those are shit. But you're watching this movie, and you're like, wait a minute. I know it's 74, and it's 2019 now. Eddie Murphy says the same thing at the yeah. start of Delirious. Yeah. And you go, hang on. you like, what happened? Like, in 74, I get it. But Delirious came out, what, like 83? I think like 86. No, no, no. Way before that. Oh, boy. I was in like Was Delirious grade. the first one? The first one he did? Yeah. Okay, I think that was more like 81, 82. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. So. I got to look that one up there. That's funny. Yeah, you're right. But he talked about Mr. T and everything. Yeah. He goes, hey, what if Mr. T was a fag? And the crowd just, ah, yeah, what if, you're like, God damn. Yeah, he does the honeymooners, the whole deal. Right. But I'm like, I don't know. Delirious was the second one, by the way. That was 1987. No, what? that yeah. was raw. Hold on, God dang it. I went and saw Eddie Murphy on okay. my graduation. It, there you go. Night. Well, the pictures say, that, okay, so here you go. It says 83 is what it 83. says. 83. Okay. 83. Shit. I had both those cassette tapes. I know, but Dave. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, I understand. At the time, it was the funniest shit you ever heard, though. You just didn't know it was wrong. Right? We should have, right? You sh well, you should have, but you laughed your ass off, and you're listening to uh, but like, how do you, the Honeymooners like, and the whole deal. Like, Michael Jackson, all that stuff that he was doing. I don't know. I, uh, we just, just didn't know any better. You plead ignorance. Yeah, but <laughs> you just watch it. You're like. God damn, right? Yeah. Okay, so here's the question. Victoria okay. Principal, age and, and worth. Oh, God. Victoria Principal right now. Let me ask you this. Yes. Victoria Principal said, Dave, yeah. I'm at the Hotel Dell. Yes, yeah. And assuming you're a single guy. Okay. Yes. I'm and you tonight, you can come and hang out with me through Sunday and whatever you want to do, but here's the price. You have to cut off your left pinky. Oh, well, I'm not doing that. But if you're saying- I, I might. Why would I have to cut anything off? Well, because you're not getting it for free. Well, have you seen a picture of her now? Because I've seen a picture of her. And she doesn't look so great. I saw Demi Moore the other night on Fallon. Yeah. And she was great on Fallon, but I feel like she did something like she went to, she kind of had Matt Dillon and something about married teeth. Oh, no. Really? She, yeah. didn't, she didn't do well. All right, Victoria Well, Principal. no, she just changed her teeth. Like oh. she changed her smile. Demi Moore still looked great and she was cool. Uh, Victoria Principal, Dave. God you might damn. get the age, you won't get the net worth. Uh, no, let's see. I'm going to do the math right here. Okay. I'm she was say, born in Japan. Do you know that? I do now. Okay. I'm going to say Victoria Principal is... Uh, I'm going to say she's 67 years old. 69. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So dumb. I'm it sorry. It always makes me laugh. It's <laughs> so stupid. 
Sorry. Um, net worth, though. Okay, Stern said to Jennifer Aniston yesterday that she's worth $100 million. Really? I thought it should be more than that. Uh, $100 million. Yeah, but she must have got a bad deal on those reruns for Friends. Well, she didn't, she didn't talk him out of it. I mean, she didn't say it's $200 million, but uh, But get back to Victoria Principal. I'm going to say she's worth $11 million. That's funny. I would have said $10 million. You're way off. According to this, twenty-two. I'll just tell you because you're so far off. Yeah, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, and you're not cutting off your left pinky. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's not giving me the money. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Let but me it, tell you the something. same thing. If you nailed Victoria Principal, you don't say I nailed sixty-nine-year-old Victoria Principal. Sure. You just say you just leave that part out of the story. Like you'd say you nailed da- Dallas Victoria Principal. What about Jacqueline Smith? Yeah, Jacqueline Smith's up there, too. That's another one. I tell you, I, I nailed Dolly Parton. She's like, eight. Right. <laughs> right. Right. All of it. All of it. Who's that crazy one? <gasps> Catherine Bach? Oh, yeah. The one from Dukes of Hazzard? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Jacqueline well, Smith. How old do you think she is? Oof. And her net worth will surprise oh, you. Oh, she's got, she made a ton of money. She's the one who put Kmart bankrupt because they paid what, her all that it, money. Was it Kmart or Sears? I thought it was Sears. No? Uh, she's Kmart. Okay. Bit of a, God, all these girls are married like five times. Not Victoria Pencil's married twice, but all these girls are married so many times. I met Jacqueline Smith's husband, Dennis Cole. That was, she was only married to him from 78 to 81. Well. Where did you meet that guy at? Where were you hanging out? I was, at? In, Jesus uh, I was in L.A. Then L.A. and Dennis Cole was there in a club. And my brother and I got a picture with him. It was great. That's funny. And we were great. My one random guy is, I sat on a plane next to Dennis Weaver once. No. What's the movie with Dennis Weaver where he's being chased by the semi? The Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. That was like his first one. And he's got the Vince Ferragamo yellow sunglasses on. That's a crazy movie. Back to Jacqueline Smith. Yeah. Give me her age and her net worth. You'll be surprised. Jacqueline Smith tonight is 71. Pretty good, Ben. You're goddamn good. 73. 73. She'll be 74 on the 26th. Of October? Yep. She's still married right now? She's married to Brad Allen from 1997. Brad Allen cashed in. Yeah. Cashed in. Um, Jacqueline Smith, because she had all that Kmart shit. She yeah. was like their Martha Stewart. Anything you bought. Been married went four to, times, by the way. She had Dennis yeah. Cole. Who else? Dennis Cole, Anthony B. Richmond. Oh, um, fuck that guy. Brad Allen and Roger Davis from uh, 68 to 75. He got her right before probably. Um, yeah. Yeah, Charlie's Angels. Good for him. Good for him. Handing out shoes at Poway Bowl. I was married to her. Fuck off. Who Who was your girl out of those, by the way, out of the Charlie's Angels? Class? Oh, her. I was, a, I was a, I like Cheryl Ladd. Yeah, Jacqueline Smith. Um, I got to figure out net worth. $178 million. Wait, did you give me your, uh, we got the age, 73. Okay, 74. I mean, go ahead. What's the $178 million, locked me in. Really? Wow. $90 million is what it is. It says really? $90 million, yeah. Wow. Lock me in. Wow. She she didn't get a good deal at Kmart. Damn. If she's down, let me ask you that. Jacqueline Smith. You know who looks like Jacqueline Smith? Who? Susan DeVincent. When I'm looking at these pictures. Susie D is hot. And listen, I don't know anything about Victoria Principal. I don't know anything about Jacqueline Smith. Let me tell you, I know Sue D. And Sue D is not only hot, but she may be the coolest 
person I know. The greatest, right? Yeah. I don't understand why Woods and uh, Ben don't use her on the morning show. You got Hammer breaking down fucking uh, Tampa Bay Ray baseball. How how much more do you need, you greedy (laughs) bastard? Uh, That's all I got. Okay, well, I got a couple things for you then. Let me hear it. The other night, you saw WWE. You never got me any details. Yes. WWE, I took my kids Saturday night. Yeah. Dave, I, I have to tell you, if we we've talked about that. Were your kids into that at all? Were Josh or no, Jake? No, it's funny they weren't. That? I was, I was, especially in uh, yeah. junior high. It was okay. like one of those things we watch it in uh, middle school or junior high, whatever they yeah. call it. And then you, uh, we'd go to school the next day and, and talk about it. Like there are like yeah. three of us. Do you see that shit? And yeah. it was it was kind of funny. It was some of my my favorite memories because there are guys I would have never been friends with. Right. That all of a sudden we all had that in common. Well, the Vince McMahon did a really smart thing, and he eliminated having to deal with cable companies or the satellite companies, and he just started the WWE Network. Yeah. And I give him 10 bucks a month, and my son, Jack, is into it a lot. But uh, when he's home and doing homework, he loves watching old-school WrestleManias like Hulk Hogan against... Andre the Giant, or and he's now being introduced to Bobby the Brain Heenan and other guys That's like awesome. that. But Dave, on Saturday, we went down to the arena because they were here live. And the crazy shit is, like they had, Friday night they premiered on Fox. So now SmackDown is every Friday night on Fox for two hours. That's a pretty big deal for the WWE to get two hours in primetime on a Friday night. Yeah. So there were guys that performed Friday night on Fox. Then Saturday night they were here at the arena. And then Sunday night they had a pay-per-view. You go, God damn, that's three of those things in about a 48-hour window. I understand the fact that it's all predetermined and everything else. God, you're still seeing these guys getting hit with folding chairs and they're getting thrown all around, jumping all around, crazy kids that they are. But the thing that is so funny to me are the guys that still work the microphone. And it's it's similar. It reminds me a lot of the Globetrotters, how the Globetrotters work the mic and get the crowd into it. But these guys come out and they're like, listen, shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And the move that was cracking me up is I don't know a lot of who these guys are anymore. I don't know. Like, but you could just tell from the crowd reaction who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And when they're here at the local shows, it's a lot of the newer guys. So you don't really know. And they come out and they get booed. But there were like three guys that did the same move, and I swear to God, I laughed every time. So they come down the ramp, and they purposely walk over by the families that are right there in the path, and the little kids have their hand over the rail. Yeah. So these kids have to be like seven, it looked like. And they put their hand just outside of the kid's reach. So the kid can't reach. So the kid's hand's here. Yeah. And the wrestler puts his oh. hand right here. So now the little kid stretches and gets a little further, and they put their hand a little closer. 
And the little kid leans, and he's just about there, and the wrestler pulls his hand Really? Away. He lets him get about an inch or two away, and then yanks his hand away? And he wipes his hair. And I laugh at every one of those. And this one guy walks out. I have no idea who he is. And some kid's holding up a sign, and he just takes the sign. <laughs> he rips it. it. It's awesome. Rips it in half and throws it on the ground? Yeah. I swear to God, it's the funniest thing. And I'm like, this has got to be like, how do you keep a straight face? Yeah. It's so damn funny. And then like two of them did this move where they get and the crowd, <laughs> and the crowd falls for it. And they get up there on the apron of the ring and they act like they're going to throw the T-shirt to the crowd. So they look to the left and they go, hey, and then they look to the right. Hey, who wants it over here? Hey, and they go fast, back and forth, left and right. Hey, 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 crowd against the crowd. And then they look, and they're going to throw it, and they just drop it on the ground and then face the ring, turn their back to the crowd. <laughs> All this stupid <laughs> third-grade humor. But I swear, Dave, they are so, like, and I guess if you're doing it 200 nights yeah. a year, goddamn, they are such a fine-tuned operation. Yeah, My sons had a blast, but they did a really cool thing. Where, but I get, listen, their marketing's not nearly as great as the Padres. <clears throat> but when you go, I still love my favorite thing to look at the wrestling matches is to watch the grown men walking the concourse with the championship belt over their shoulder. Yes. That's funny as shit. What are, are they doing? Are they getting laid tonight? No. Uh, no, they're not. My <laughs> Victoria Principle. No. Missing Pinky or not. But what they had, Dave, was T-shirts, all this crazy shit. But for 20 bucks, 16 by 20 signed pictures. Yeah. So my one son wanted Randy Orton. The other guy got Roman Reigns. So for 20 bucks, if you went to a Padre game and they said, hey, 20 bucks, you can get a signed Steve Garvey picture, Dusty Baker, oh, yeah. Steve Yake, when you were a kid, right? Yep. You go, damn, I would have done that. So that's what we walked out of there with. But incredibly funny. And as, like I said, my sons were into it. They had a good time. And yeah, good time all around. Here's uh, Brazzers wrote this on Twitter the other day. And I couldn't retweet it because too many people right. watch. But I'll, uh, I'll read it. It made me laugh. This is from just yesterday. It says, hey, WWE, let us know if we need advice on how to craft a logical and coherent storyline. And also with satisfy finishes. We're good at it. Well... I know exactly. What the hell is that all about? I'll tell you. So Sunday they have their pay per view. Yeah. And Dave, you remember enough from when you were a kid that when the bad guys hate each other, what do you do? You put them in the cage match, right? Yep. So they have two guys: the champion, guy named Seth Rollins, and the bad guy Bray Wyatt. They put them in a cage match. It's this big buildup. My son's been talking about it for five weeks. I can't believe it. Finally. We're getting Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins in a cage match. And the match ended at the end. They called it a disqualification. Really? And you go, oh, wait a minute. Earlier in the night, they had two women in the same cage. And they did hit each other with a thousand different things. And it was, yeah. So I said to my son, I go, I think they screwed that up. <laughs> And he goes, yeah. And I go, wait till tomorrow. Like he watches certain things. I go, yeah. wait. To and people hated it. I mean, again, we pay him ten bucks a month. 
in the old days, Vince used to hit you up for about 40 bucks for a pay-per-view and you'd lose your mind. You couldn't believe it. I was like, well, I would have paid the 10 bucks for the month anyways. It didn't cost me anything extra. But for anybody who went to the show, yeah, I'd be a little pissed. All right, so here's my question. What happened, because you said it on the show a couple weeks ago, that you uh-huh. were going to punish one of your kids for something they did by not getting great seats. Did he say anything about this is where we're sitting and we would have sat down there if you would have had your shit together? You know what? We ended up, and this would be my advice for anybody that ever wants to go to one of those things. We waited until the week before the event and went down to the arena and the ladies said, yeah, they just slashed ticket prices by 30%. Oh, wow. So I don't know, man. Like on Friday night at Staples Center, sold out for their show. Pay-per-view, wherever they were, San Jose, whatever, sold out. And in San Diego on a Saturday night, Dave, the whole upper level was tarped off. Like it was only the loge in the floor. So I think we paid like 30 bucks and sat like at the 50-yard line in the blue seat. So... No, I mean, even though I we got the cheaper tickets, we still had great seats. So yeah, it was fine. Worked out fine. So there was no uh, no punishment to uh, to what you had an issue with before. I was gonna take his chicken ass up in like the terrace. Yeah, that's what you're saying. A. Yeah, and be like, dude, we're gonna. And then they were like, well, no, you're not gonna do that because we're gonna <laughs> slash ticket prices by thirty percent, and we're gonna put you right here in the middle. But the other thing is too, what I always have to remember. Is it as a twin brother? Yeah. And I, so it's like, well, shit. What do I do with this shithead? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, it ended up fine. And it ended up fine. But it, it's like, I just said to him, I go, look, man, enjoy it now. You never know when, you never know what yeah. life is going to throw you. And I, we were just saying it was, it was a really, really fun night. And those guys, it's very similar to the Globetrotters, like I said. Yeah. You know how it's all going to end, but the ride that they take you on to get you there is pretty damn fun. What If it was, if you had said, hey, you, me, Woods, and Costa are going, I'd be like, dude, seriously? Like, we can do a thousand different things. But with these two guys that are 11 yeah. that have only been live once and watched these guys and get a chance to see them on TV, uh, they had a blast. And when they're having a blast and laughing their ass off, and, and they, I mean, there are some kids down there that are absolute morons. Like, I just look at some of these kids walking around the arena. I'm like, that little shit's a moron. <laughs> Jumping up and down and freaking out. Like, my kids just sat there normal. I'm like, look at that kid. What a dick. I'm like, that kid's just a little dick. And I'm like, what a little asshole that kid is. My son Cade's dying laughing. What a moron. What the fuck's with that kid? Look at that dipshit. And so they're just dying. Like, they're into it. They're having a good time. They're jumping up and down like they're they're being shocked in their feet. You know what's funny as hell is when you're a parent, you realize how much you like your kids and how much you dislike kids that you don't know. Yeah. Which is funny. My dad always used to say this, too, and... As I got older and I'd be around other kids, he'd go, a lot of these kids smell bad. Oh, God. Yeah. And I was like, man, he's he's 100% right. There are some yeah. kids that you just go, man, that kid smells terrible. Don't his parents yeah. know he smells terrible? Well, I I get, yeah, they got a buddy that, oh. <laughs> Dude, they're going to have a lot of buddies throughout the years. Dude, 
like, yeah, like raccoons wouldn't eat that kid. Yeah, like, you know, when he was in your house, you're like, dude, the house smells bad. Right. Yeah. And then, I don't know what happened. Raccoons wouldn't eat that kid. Oh, reeks. <laughs> but then, somehow, and I think it was their mom, one of them said, hey, I want, like, Axe, something from Axe. Yeah. And so I went to pick him up, and he walked out, and I go, get the fuck out, go. <laughs> and he goes, what? And I go, no, I'm not smelling that shit all day. Go take a goddamn shower and get that off of you right now, or I'll come in there with steel wool. <laughs> so You just take it from your rearview mirror. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, yeah, there's one kid. That just smells like a, a goddamn outhouse. Yeah, not my son, yeah, but no, one no, of their I know buddies. What you're talking about. That's what I'm saying. I'm There's like, always going to be those kids. Yeah, I'm like that kid. That yeah. kid's never going in my car. Yeah, I'm like, it's like having a buddy puke in your car. You can't get rid of it. I can't get. That kid can fucking take the bus or an Uber. <laughs> not his dad. Wait, Grink. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they, like, I always say to him, I. I the thing that I say to him all the time is, look, don't be that kid that I would point at and go, that kid's a little dick. And now yeah. I'm lucky that, and I've told him this too, when they were really little, Dave, and, and I, I think Josh and Jake were pretty much in the same thing. The one thing that I, I compliment them on a lot is my kids, other than my one son one time in Target when he was about three, and I wasn't there. His mom said on a scale of 1 to 10, it was between a 4 and a 5. My kids never had a meltdown. No, mine didn't either. In public. No. None. And, man. I, I had was, it down where I could stare at my kids like John Gruden, and they yeah. wouldn't. They just knew to behave. Yeah, they just. Uh, but I, I, I think, listen, I give. As, I always tell them, I give that credit to them as much as I give credit to anything their mom did or anything I did. They were just cool. They're still little fuckheads. Even today, they're little fuckheads. <laughs> but um, but they're they're pretty cool. They're pretty good dudes. We had a great time on Saturday. They make me nuts. But but yeah, they never did that. And I and that's why I'm like, you know why I yell at you? Is because I don't want you to act in public like that little asshole. Yeah. That kid right there. See that kid? And they'll be like, whoa. And but my son Jack will do this. We'll be in Target. And we'll be walking through Target. And uh, remember, he's 11. And there'll be some kid, like three, losing it in a cart, screaming. Is this guy, he didn't have a car or a job or any. Jesus! I what are parents doing? And I go, hey, shut the fuck up. What? Who, get that kid out of here. Like, and I'm like. Who the fuck are you? Shut up. Oh, I can't believe people bring kids like that out in public. What do you want them to do? Leave them in the car? <laughs> Jack would be like, I'll tell you exactly where you'd put them. Right in their room. And I'm like, hey, shut up. They're so loud. And uh, were your kids like that? No, my kids were not like that. In Target? No, what? they always behave. They've never, they never. I never had an issue with them in that. They've never said anything as far as like anybody's hair or body or anything like that. 
But they will be like, God, is that woman loud? I'm I like, had, oh, really? Oh, no, I've never, I've never heard that one. I had, had an interesting thing with Josh. I took him to a Padre game when he was, did I don't know, maybe five, six years old. And we mm-hmm. get into the elevator, and there's a little person, dwarf midget, whatever oh, you want to yeah. say, looking for the right term. And Josh, who was always a tall kid, took his hand and put it on top of his head. Oh, boy. And then he went right over the top of that guy's head to show that, look how much taller I am than this grown Great, man. Great, thanks. And that guy wanted a fight. You should have. And I was like, dude, are you serious right now? Like, I couldn't believe I had my hand on that little person's chest. And then I yeah. put my kid in the corner of the elevator. And I was like, you know, you, you aren't going to fight him. And then the guy stopped. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. But he was... So upset that my kid put his hand on his head and then showed the height difference of going, man, I'm taller than you. I saw who, okay, before we get out of here. Yeah. I saw this video clip and there's these YouTube guys and are they like the Bel Air boys? Have you seen these no, fucking I've not guys? Seen this. Okay, it's like five guys. Somebody's got to help me out with this. Damn, it's so funny. But it's like five guys and they're like, they're older than college, but they, they got to be like 30. And it's shot the way they shoot, like, um, real world or, yeah. you know, Housewives or any of these things where it's like, like, it's handheld camera and then it's the interview. And it's this guy and he's sitting there at a party and, like, the the way they first presented it, it made it look like it was real, like the Dennis Quaid thing. Yeah. And then you realize what's going on. And it's this guy and he's sitting there at this party and it's the guys and the girl and he starts staring at this little kid who's like 14 months old and he just loses his mind because this 14 month old kid is staring at him hey what the fuck bro you want some and he like gets up like he's gonna fight the kid i don't know who writes scenes like that i did a horrible job if somebody just somebody knows what i'm talking about it reminds me of will ferrell when he did the whole thing about the girl Pearl? asking for the rent yeah yeah landlord yeah but this guy like stands up and, and this other guy jumps in. He's like, dude, your kid's eyeballing me. <laughs> it's so stupid and so funny at the same time. I don't know why we laugh at that shit, but I don't know who those guys are, but somebody out there, T-shirt tech or yeah. Conniff or one of those guys, just send that clip to Palais so you can see it. Absolutely. It'll be right up your alley. You got it. All right, I want to knock this out, but a couple things. One is there's a major league team that looks like they could be on the move. Seals? And so, <laughs> and we'll tell you which one in a second. And I'll tell you where the NFL messed up with the Chargers. Not exactly what, what you think I'm going to say. Hey, uh, Taylor May Pools. They're the people you call as far mm-hmm. as getting that perfect pool. Man, the weather is extremely warm. We're in October. It is crazy how hot it's been, not only here, we look at some of these playoff games. Look at Atlanta when it's 98 degrees. Damn. I mean, it has been in so October. freaking hot in October. It's, uh, it's something everywhere but Minnesota, where it looks right. like everyone's dying right now. Taylor May Pools, the perfect pool is just around the corner for you. What are you waiting for? Alan Taylor has been doing this more than 20 years. Best pools in San Diego. He has uh, the, the plans to make sure that everything looks perfect before he starts the process. The 3D designs, the virtual tours. All you have to do is give him a call, 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Man, uh, I was talking about it with a couple of friends. And it really is, Dave. It's just that idea of going home. And the other thing is, right now we think about it for the weekend or three-day weekends or whatever else. Dave, you're right. Not only is it so incredibly warm during the day, but it's carrying over to at night. Yep. And so right now when you're going home, 
and you get home at six or seven and it's still 80 degrees out. Yep. You can extend that day by just hanging out in the pool, go out have a barbecue, have a beer and do it. And it looks amazing. These ideas of what your friends did in their backyard pools 20 years ago aren't even close to what you can get from Alan and the guys at TaylorMade Pools. They're absolutely gorgeous. And all of a sudden, you start wanting to work from home a lot more. But yeah, our weather has changed dramatically in the last 10 years. It stays warmer. It stays warmer longer. The humidity has gone up, that yep. dry air. And the best way to deal with it is by having a tailor-made pool put in your backyard. Also, Brian Curry selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years. He's won a ton of awards. He's great at what he does. Again, he's one of the top 1% internationally with Caldwell Banker. Brian Curry is your guy. He's my guy as well. I have a showing tomorrow as I get texts. Nice. Make sure you start mopping the floor, Dave. And I was like, don't <laughs> tell me how to take care of the house. I know what I'm doing. It's fine. He will tell you. He did. It's funny. He gives me a list. Turn on all the lights and start mopping the floor. That's how you do it. Get the dog and get the hell out of there when I come by tomorrow. I said, all right. Brian Kerr is your guy. is the best in the business. Whatever he tells you to do, you do it. She was waiting for you forever, and then you were 20 minutes late, and she said, fuck it, and went in the house. Fuck her. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Man, there are so many different areas where you go through San Diego. And you know where I was the other day? I was in Mission Hills. And now I tell you a lot of places like City Heights, it sucks. And IB is a shithole. Uh, fucking, did you see uh, Orsillo the other day? Uh, Coronado with that crazy snake? He's not at Coronado. He's in fucking IB. He's down at the Keys. And the Keys are fucking uh, uh, right there. He's in IB. And that's what you get. Oh, hey. That's funny. She just came out right when you said all that. All right. Well, I take back all the terrible things I said about you. <laughs> uh, or the Ks, whatever. Uh, we always said the keys, but they're like, oh, the keys. Doesn't matter. He lives in fucking IB. Nah, goddamn, he's got an alligator on his screen, and all of a sudden now he can't find it because it's in his house. That's why you don't want to live in IB. That's why you don't want to live in City Heights. All that shit. But I'll tell you what. We were over in Mission Hills. It's a hidden gem. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. A lot of people think Mission Hills is up by Oceanside. It's not. No. Because oh, of Mission because Hills High School. school is yeah. There? No, and it's, I'll tell you, it's, it's on. Uh, it's by kind of by Bronx Pizza, but yeah. more towards the Five Freeway. Yeah, exactly, just west of that. But that whole area. But then I'll tell you the other area where I just was. My kids kept saying to me, "Could you live out here? Could you live here?" Um, we were out in Julian. Yeah, uh, Julian is insanely cool. Never been to Julian. Is that right? Ever? Yeah, ever. Really, really fun. And they dig it, right? Yeah. Just to go out and hang out a little bit, get some lunch, do the whole thing. But I was like, well, you, you could only live out there if you worked out there or if you worked from home or what. We're addicted to apple pies. Yeah. Really expensive apple pies. <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't commute. But it's just, there are people that have retired and, yeah. and live out there and you get a complete, man, Julian, you get the change of seasons more than anywhere yeah. in San Diego. It's insane, and the, and the point being, Dave, is that no matter where you want to go, you want to go by the water, you want to stay where it's warm, no matter what your budget is, uh, Brian Curry is going to know the neighborhood for you, and he's going to find you that dream home. Absolutely. Dan Williams, also your guy to help you out as far as your finances go. Really important right now, especially when you're trying to figure out your budgets. Look at the price of gas right now. 
Oh. Look at the price of gas. Look at how expensive it is to live in San Diego. And look at what people are doing as far as how much longer they want to work. Dan can sit there and map everything out what you need financially. It could be the best call that you make. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. Man, uh, to me, owing money is one of the worst feelings in the world. Now, if you have a mortgage payment, you know it. It's part. You have a car payment. I got it. But credit card bills or medical bills or anything else that are hanging over your head and you're like, boy, I get paid Friday and it's this day, the 11th, and this bill is due the 15th. What is my check going to be? You're trying to figure out your debt to income ratio. It's crazy and it can stress you out if you don't know the right formulas. That's why Dan is such a good guy to know because he's been doing it with C2 Financial for the last 15 years by absolutely following the simple philosophies in his borrow smart, repay smart approach to mortgage planning, mortgage financing, all of it. The book is yours for free. It's the cornerstone of the practice because it's going to help you incorporate your mortgage plan into your overall financial plan. Nothing easier. San Diego Lending.us slash Dave Jeff. Call him, 858-688-6813. It's for everything. It's for your mortgage, your refinance, your purchase. Maybe if you're a little bit older and you've heard about reverse mortgage, but you don't know a lot about it, man, if you are fighting to pay the bills and you've been in that house for a long time and you have some equity in your house, call Dan and say, hey, does a reverse mortgage make sense for me? 858-688-6813. And finally, Kyle Fluger, he's the guy that does all the websites for us. He's the guy that does it for our friends also. It has been a fantastic uh, journey for Kyle Fluger. He is, his business has taken off right now. Can't recommend that you call him soon enough. Take a look at what he's done with jakesprojects.org, also daveandjeffshow.com. Kyle Fluger's number 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621. I've been advised by my attorney that it would not look good in front of the judge if I pursued my dream of terrible, nasty, ibschoolgirls.com. So uh, we're no longer accepting subscriptions to that. Kyle, my sincere apologies. But um, if that was where you were going to go to make your final yay or nay judgment, again, from the bottom of my, my heart, I apologize. And to all the lovely girls in the IB area, National City, uh, sorry, baby. Sorry. <laughs> but... Um, Dave just mentioned, you can look at our website, daveandjeffshow.com and see for yourself the amazing job that Kyle's done. All right. Wanted to mention a couple things for you. One is there's one major league team that looks like they, they've had it with their city. Can you believe that story? And as far as you know, it's the Oakland A's. Yep. The Oakland A's and the city of Oakland and have them losing, it could be the Warriors to San Francisco, right. which if you see the new Warriors court, it says San Francisco right on the Yep baseline and then you look at the Raiders are going to Las Vegas yep and now the big story come out is not only the Raiders going to Vegas but the A's could be going to Vegas that makes, as well I, you can't what are you gonna do you're gonna play in a dome over there I mean really baseball look at what it you would have to be like Arizona you'd have to have the top it's hot as shit yeah I mean it's just that to me Tampa wants out of what we saw tonight at, at the trop Tampa should go to Nashville Nashville Tampa should Nashville has a brand new uh, downtown baseball ballpark like what you see at Petco. They should. Nashville's a great town. And for Oakland, like, I don't know if you could go to Portland or you could go somewhere else. Go anywhere. But listen, I love Vegas. 
I, I don't see how the Raiders, I think, will work in Vegas because you only have to work it for 10 days a year. All their PSLs are sold out. Amazing. For $130 yeah. million extra into that thing. But for me, looking at what's going on with the A's, like the Giants always wanted to go to San Jose. Yep. The A's should go to San Jose. They blocked the, the Giant from that market. They should go there. I mean, there are different areas where you could go. But this idea, I sorry, Dave, I uh, love Vegas, but I went to plenty of fights outdoors at Caesars Palace, and it didn't become manageable until after 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. And when you were out there in June at 7 o'clock and you're sitting out there, oh, my God, it's not only so incredibly hot, but that sun is just a different Absolutely. sun that just... Yeah, and now you're going to sit in a dome stadium when you're in Vegas and you're going to watch the A's play the Mariners? Well, I've got that or I've got Marie Osmond. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, shithead. Sorry, shithead. I've got a Marie Osmond. All right, so uh, here's the deal with the, with the Chargers. You and I said this at the time, and it seemed like it was the obvious move, but the NFL right now has to realize we really fucked this up. Oh, yeah. And, and really, when we talk about Las Vegas – the Raiders should have been the team in L.A. Absolutely. Without a doubt, all of a sudden you're going to have PSL sold on both sides with the Rams and the Raiders. Mm -hmm. I think Kroenke uh, was a little bit afraid, but at the same time, look at the Rams and the success they've had, and oh, all yeah. of a sudden their following's coming back. But it should have been the Rams and Raiders in L.A., and it should have been the Chargers in Las Vegas. If you're going to move the Chargers out of San Diego, that's the team you should have stuck there. However, had it been Dino in Vegas – I struggled to believe that you would be reading a story about the Chargers making so much money in PSLs that they have an extra $130 million see, I don't know the, the sports market. I just see the way they jumped in and supported I, that no, hockey team. No, but you team. know the Spanos family. Yeah, I understand that. But, the, man, the, the way they supported that hockey team yeah, and but, the way they're supporting the Raiders, I think like but, they're just hungry for something. But uh, I think the gentleman's name is Bill Foley, who owns the Golden Knights. Brilliant. Yeah. Went out and hired George McVie. And Gerard Gallant to run that. And they've done an amazing job. And they had a lot of things. Look, they made brilliant decisions. And then some other teams like the Minnesota Wild made asinine tra uh, trades that really benefited the Knights. But the Knights are a really good team. And they were lucky by being the first ones in town. The Raiders have the benefit of being the Raiders. And... They also now have the benefit of having John Gruden coming in. And here's the other thing that listening to the herd today, uh, just hanging out, killing time. The herd said what a lot of people are starting to say was if you watch the first half of that game on Sunday, the Raiders ran the bears who are a good team right off the field. Yeah. Right off the field. Even with, uh, Trubisky, oh. Trubisky out. Yeah, Chase Daniel was playing Chase Daniel playing QB. Yeah, they completely shut down Khalil Mack to the point that he didn't even want to talk to the media at the end of the game. Look, and the Raiders of old, when the Bears come back and take the lead, 21-17, that's the end. Yes. Sorry, Jack Del Rio, for your team, that was the end. And Gruden's team comes back and wins. And they, then gets a turnover late, and that's the game. Second place right now in the division, the Raiders are. Look, I, I watched the Raiders play, and then I watched the Chargers play. Holy shit. What a difference. 
And I've heard nothing but great things about Anthony Lynn, and Anthony Lynn took full responsibility. There was one team that was ready to play on Sunday, and there was one team that wasn't in that division. The Chargers got run off the field, and the Raiders ran the Bears off the field. And remember, no Tyrell Williams and uh, no AB. Yep. For wide receivers. Your two star- we were supposed to be your two starting wide receivers. Right. Yeah. Devastating hits to that team. And now they're pretty fun. Now listen, I've been a Raider fan long enough to know they'll probably go out this weekend and get beat 42-3. to Because <laughs> that's what they do. Uh, what about the story? And again, because I give credit where the story goes. How about the story that Scott Kaplan had this week? I don't got it. What was it? That Tony Romo... Oh, I, know, said I, got on the I, got, air, I got it. I know what you're going to say. Said this isn't a home game. Like this isn't a home game for the yeah. Chargers. And that Dean, being the petty gentleman that he is, calls CBS and complains and gets a message to the number one booth. Instead of looking and going, my team's getting their ass kicked. We can all see everybody's wearing orange. Right. By yeah. an 0-4 team, Dean does what yeah. Dean does and complains about the broadcast team saying that it's not a home game. How about that shit? Yeah, that's that's something else. And there are people in this town that are still upset that he left. Why? Like, I feel like he, they, they took that disaster of an operation and got it out of your system. You should watch that and say, my God, I'm glad that somebody else's problem, not mine anymore. You know, um, before we get out of here, because you were saying the Raiders get their ass kicked this week. They actually don't play this week, but the Raiders. Oh, that's right. The Raiders' um, <laughs> schedule was so crazy. We we said it before the season started. So they started with two home games: Broncos and Chiefs. They're not home to okay. win the, the. Okay, remember that. So that's that's mid September. Okay, right. so then they had the Vikings on the road. They mm-hmm. had the Colts on the road. They had the Bears obviously on the road because they're in London. But that was considered a home game. Yeah, right? it was. That's ridiculous. Um. By week. By week. Then you have the Packers on the road. Then you have the Texans on the road. Yeah. You do not have another home game until November 3rd against Detroit. That's basically, I mean, that's insane. Well, and they showed the amount of miles that are being traveled. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. I mean, nothing to help uh, the city of Oakland out that gets to see their team one last time as far as saying, we're going to fuck you guys over on the way out the door. Oh, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. Um, I would just say this. By the way, the Steelers are coming to play the Chargers this week. It's going to be all Steeler fans there too. Yeah. How about that hit? Yeah. Oh fuck, dude, the quarterback. Yeah. Did he- and then the cart didn't work. You got to fucking <laughs> walk him off. <laughs> I'd be like, what? What he, he's got his shit together, and he looks at that clip, and he has right. the face mask taken off. Yeah, it looks like it looks- uh, Roy Jarella. Put that single bar on him. <laughs> it was he looked so dumb. Right. Anybody with a football helmet like, on their face mask looks look so like, stupid. He looked like Sammy Paw <laughs> come back to play. It was it was so dumb. It was it, Why did he still have the helmet on? Dude, uh, maybe they thought he had a neck injury. I have no idea why yeah. he was it was it was yeah. it was such a clusterfuck. Juju right. th- thought he was dead. He collapsed. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Like he almost fainted out. It was. I had to watch that thing eighty times. Oh I thought God. it was. It was the funniest shit of the week to watch a guy get knocked out. Oh, and shit. then and then Scary. to see the cart broke. Cart. What are you doing? the cart off the field. Oh my God! This is a billion dollar league. Yeah. Jesus. Listen, <laughs> I'm gonna say this. Don't be afraid to charge that thing on right. Saturday night, assholes. God. We are scheduled to be back down here Sunday. 
if the uh, it got hot in here really quick. It is hot in here. I don't know. Uh, fuck, I'm not sure if I'm doing the Charger game Sunday. Otherwise, it's a night game. It's a Sunday night game. Oh, it is. Yeah. All right. So well, if if I'm uh, if I don't go up there for it because if the Karen if he spins Karen playoff baseball, then I'll be here. All right. Uh, we'll see. Okay. If they hired the wrong guy. Yeah. And look, if they hired the wrong guy before, come down early. We'll knock one out again. That'd God awesome. damn. But I just I'm so frustrated with this team thinking that nobody it's not just me. It's really not. I'm the one frustrated. There are plenty of people, Dave, in this audience or on social media that love that team as much as me or even more than me because they're the ones that have committed season ticket money, and I haven't done that, and I've got full respect for all of you that have done that and say, look, I, I will continue to support it because I know a lot of you say I'm going to buy a season ticket so that when they turn it around, yeah, I can say I was there. Fuck, I can't argue with that. I but, can't. You're at a different level of commitment. All I'm saying I, is, I'd say you are there because you're you're watching everything on TV. You follow every every game. I got you. I'm just saying. I really, really hope this organization loses this mentality that you're the smartest fucking guy in the room. Because if you were the smartest guy in the room. You wouldn't consistently lose at the level that you yeah. lose. You have too much dead money on the books, and who's ever Ron's business plan or Pete's, whoever it is that's doing it, like successful businesses don't have a lot of dead money on the books, right? You're absolutely right. And I, I'm telling you, the way this thing's trending, you're going to have dead money for Myers, you're going to have dead money for Green. And if he fucks this up, you're going to have dead money for Preller and a lame duck manager. And then where are we at? Then what's your big angry message going to be on radio right then? Yeah. After you fire Preller and your manager's sitting there looking around going, well, shit, what happens to me now? New GM comes in. You're going to fire that manager like you've done in the past? There's nothing this team does that gives me confidence that they're going to dig this thing out of the hole. That's the bottom line. Nothing that Fowler says in his angry tone as a 30, what am I, 38 years I've been a fan of that team. Next year will be 39th year. There's not one thing he has said in print or on the air, Ron, and your organization that gives me any hope that you're capable of turning this thing around. You are in over your head. You are overmatched, and you are going to take the last team that this city has, and you're going to continue to make it an embarrassment. And I hold you because nobody on your fucking flagship will do it. Nobody in your fucking front office will do it. Nobody in this shitty newspaper will fucking do it. But Dave and I are going to fucking do it. We hold you responsible. You're the guy who went in. You're the guy who's pounded your chest and talked about how tough you are, and you haven't done jack shit. You should be ashamed of what you've done to that team. We'll leave it right there. All right. We'll talk to you soon. It's not.
So 